Today, we have a special guest with us. It's Dr. Alan Tay, founder of DIB. Zeros to Heroes is the tagline for that. It is the social enterprise to empower the deaf. There's so much that we have to ask you today, doctor, in fact, to find out more about your mission as well. First, let's go to the beginning when you became the manager. Before all of this, you started off as the manager of the first deaf-operated KFC outlet at Jalan Imbi. I remember this outlet when I was growing up. We actually went there because we were so enthralled by the idea of it, right? How how did that opportunity first come to you when you became uh, the manager of the deaf-operated KIC? Well, I, I, I can't say about the reason why I was transferred to that the particular KFC, mm-hmm. but I was just handpicked to actually oversee that particular project that uh, they were starting in 1985. I was just chosen to be the person to be the manager there. Over there, it was like 95% of the staff are deaf, actually. Was that your first experience working in an environment with many hearing-impaired people? Yes, definitely. That was my first experience. It was a big so-called culture shock for me. Uh, but then, of course, I just embraced that as part of the challenge. And it, it fitted well because I was able to work with them very well. Mm-hmm. But of course, I had to learn the language, the sign language from them. Same time, they learned from me the skills to run the restaurant from the kitchen right to the front cashier and the floor service. Mm-hmm. So it was a kind of win-win situation where I was teaching them and they were teaching me. But that was still not enough. I had to buy a, a big dictionary the sign language dictionary which I placed on one of the table there and each time I walk past at the table I would just take a look at the dictionary and do my practice on my sign language Right, so you learned it on the job How long did it take for you to become fluent be able to have a conversation using sign language from the time that you began how long did it take? I don't think it can be totally fluent but the thing is that because not everything can be taught in the book because a lot of times when a deaf speak they use a lot of things called a colloquial language it means like basa pasa very much Malaysian kind of basa pasa for their sign language so not everything can be learned from the book itself but a lot of times learn from our daily talking to them conversation with them because we were staying together right. in the upstairs hostel uh, yeah, there's a hostel upstairs and so it makes it much easier for us to, to communicate. Tell us more about the challenges you faced at that point. Uh, at that point, I think it's not really much of a challenge because the challenge is, of course, to train up the deaf. The pioneer group of deaf that was chosen to pioneer that KFC project was, I would say, very good. I mean, they have their differences in their skills. but So let's say the, the deaf girl who was uh, more skillful in her, you know, the calculation, whatever, then they assign her as a cashier. Right. Uh, so they were there and uh, there was no challenge at all because they don't quit, meaning that the, in 1985, the workers didn't actually resign, you know, they, they just stay put. That took away one of the big challenges of today's kind of business where your staffing is always in out in out right mm. uh, you don't have to keep on training new staff or whatever furthermore of course i was just an employed manager so no issue of challenges with finance la paying salary la mm. you know because i was just employed and then they learn very fast too the skills of, of kfc uh, from the kitchen right to the front they learn very fast and now let's find out about the journey from your position at this KFC to then you becoming one of the founders of DIB, Deaf in Business. What was that progression like? How did that happen? In 1986, I left KFC. 
Uh, and so that was it. So I lost touch with them, with that deaf community for many, many years. It only came to fast forward to 2010. After KFC, I was in other employment. Mm-hmm. I was in the plantation. I was in insurance. I was in factories. Then became a trainer, consultant. But in 2010, with the so-called mushrooming of this uh, gourmet coffee chain. Right. So I thought maybe I should I should relive my FMB days because I started off in FMB. So I thought maybe I should start a cafe to sell, you know, this kind of latte art kind of coffee, you know. Next thing in my mind was, okay, I have the concept, I have the business model. So who will be the employees? Mm-hmm. So then suddenly in my mind just remembered my good old days in KFC. And then in 2010, the, the, the terminology of social enterprise so-called appeared. Business where you make money at the same time, you actually serve the community, mm. uh, benefit the community. So I said, why don't I embark on this social enterprise concept as well? Mm. So that's where I said, okay, maybe I should employ the deaf. But then I didn't know how the response was from the deaf community. So I had a couple of sessions in a shopping mall where I invited a, quite a number of deaf people to attend the meeting and I showed them my PowerPoint slides. And I said, do you like this idea? And I even brought uh, the barista champion at the time to even show them, you know, the, some barista skills and oh. how to make latte and all that stuff. And then they were impressed. I said, uh, in that case, I think I got the good indication that I should start that. And thus, I selected five pioneer deaf staff to start the project. And when it came to this new staff that joined you, did you find that their hunger for learning and being able to be a part of the cafe, was it similar to the staff that you had at the KFC when you first started? Oh yes, I I, I believe so because I thank God that I have uh, kind of made the right decision to hire and handpick those uh, five of them. They learn very fast. One came with some bakery skills, one came uh, with some pastry skills, one didn't come with any skills. <laughs> mm-hmm. them, five of them were totally, I would say, the perfect team. And in one month, you know, imagine that we trained them for one month. Mm in the December and open doors on 1st January 2011. Wow. And they were able to pop a f- fantastic latte with the espresso machine. And then at that time, we were, we were selling Hawaiian coffee. You oh. know, that we were probably the first shop in Malaysia selling Hawaiian coffee. Wow. What makes Deaf in Business, the cafe, so special to the community? How has the response been and how has business been? It has now been 12 years. We are already in our 12th year. Of course, uh, COVID really gave us a big setback. It was mm. a big setback. So we almost closed due to COVID and probably never spring back anymore. But then I decided to, to hold on to it and then the, to keep it alive. Mm. And then we started after COVID. But then the, because we depended a lot on the office crowd, so when everybody was working from home, yeah, that was a bad word for us. So again, we have lost a big chunk of our customers. So we, we embarked on grab delivery and that really saved the day. Hmm. Uh, before COVID, we were making money like three months out of 12. You know? Three months it. out of 12? Yeah, the other nine months are, rate, are in, in the rate. So what happened? That's not an ideal uh, situation. I never had have money issue in my head because if I think too much about the money in DIB, I would probably just collapse. So right. what this was, I just channeled the funds from my other businesses, uh, which were doing pretty well at that time. So no issue. Lah. After COVID, all my other businesses collapsed. All the other businesses collapsed? Yep. Down to 90, down by 90%. So what did how, how did you deal with that situation? So then I had a friend talk with the staff. I said, now you guys are on your own. Right. Your, your laptop is no more here. I mean, the <laughs> papa is no more here to, to bring in the funds already. So you huh. guys are on your own. And so what happened was that we extended our the working hours. We worked again to work also on Saturdays. Before that, they were having a very luxurious life. Before that, they knock off at 5 o'clock. Hmm. 
mm. weekends off, you know, really follow office hours, you know. But after that, after COVID, they say, okay, you guys cannot have this kind of luxury anymore. You guys are on your own. Mm. But we embark on this thing called the profit sharing. So meaning that uh, all the money that we make, we will then divide among themselves. Right. So they get your basic salary and they also get their profit sharing. So I would say that uh, after COVID, they are earning much more than before. Lah. So if there were people who say they wanted to reach out and help in whatever way possible, how would they be able to do that? Can they reach out well, to you via Instagram to... or... Yeah, Instagram, WhatsApp, email, my phone number. Mm. If they were going to look for you on Facebook, they just need to look up Deaf in Business or DIB. What's, what do they search for? Our Facebook should be DIB Restaurant Cafe. Tell us more about, on top of knowing that Deaf in Business, of course, is a business that's mainly run by hearing impaired individuals and the community that supports it. When people come in as patrons or as customers to the cafe, do they make an effort to actually use sign language as well when communicating with the staff? How has that been like? Uh, well, we do have a big uh, kind of poster outside where we teach some common sign language, how to sign for latte, cappuccino, espresso, things like that. Inside also there are signs, so, but the people don't really sign. La. They will still go back to their usual kind of sign language, their, their own style, you know. But we still have a whiteboard on the counter where they can write down there uh, what they want, more ice, la, less sweet, la, less salty, la, whatever not. Right, and right. Just show, what yeah. has the public feedback been like for the customers who come in? What do they say about their experience? Well, most customers who come, right, you know, regular office crowd. So they have been there, I think, for years. La. They come in. Uh, to them, the deaf are just normal people. They're because a part they of the community, yeah. Except only those like who heard about us and then just wanted to come and visit us uh, out of the blue. Then, of course, wow, they said, you know, uh, how are they going to operate? How are they operating? And all. Some even asked me uh, one question: said, Where do you hide the crystals? I said, What crystals? <laughs> Where do you hide the crystals? He said, Because you see, your your staff looks so cheerful and so happy. <laughs> you know, as compared to the other kind of places I go to, where the staff don't smile, you know. Uh, <laughs> Their body language and their mm. face exudes the kind of energy, you know. So where do you hide the crystals? <laughs> where do you think yeah. that comes from, actually? Where do you think that sense of pride in work and cheerfulness come from? Well, I told them the, the, the crystals are in their heart. Right. Uh, one thing about deaf people, that is their nature. They are very cheerful, uh, they are lively. Sometimes even they are so happy-go-lucky, you know, as if they have no problems in their life. Right. So sometimes we have to learn from them, you know, to look at life in a more positive kind of perspective. So looking at the, the yeah. future okay. of deaf in business in this case, how can the community and, and you know, Malaysians at large support? So we, we hope that we can get more catering events where corporate companies can have their whatever dinners or corporate event at mm. our DIB. So, but we don't prefer to do outdoor catering because right. of the staff that we have. So we, but we have a big place. It's almost like three thousand square feet. Wow. We have a nice, yeah, nice terrace garden which we started during MCO. Imagine that. Wow. <laughs> we have a nice garden. Yeah, they can sit like thirty old people, forty people. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we have even uh, uh, our own surau inside our DIB. 
and we are also halal certified mm. by Jakim. More catering, uh, more events, the great birthday parties mm-hmm. at Even the venue itself, like you said. Yeah, they can they can rent our place, rent our venue for a book signing la. It's yeah. a space that can be used for every any event because yeah. it's ready to be utilized. It's a large space. It's got a garden, like you said, and a staff as well that's ready to be able to cater to uh, the needs of whatever event that's there as long as of course there's planning that in, that's involved people need to reach out to you discuss with you and then we have a very nice place in fact we even have a piano in inside our restaurant oh piano. so Terry you can come and play your piano over there I will but, <laughs> need to learn how to play it first but yes someone who is capable of playing a piano can play that piano yeah anybody can come and play the piano on weekdays and so this is an open mic day people right. can come and sing as well hmm. they can bring their piano uh, the guitars whatever not they can play and sing on Saturdays mm. and I would love to to use our Saturdays as like a speaker's platform where speakers can come and talk about relevant topics you know like the town yeah. square where someone can stand there and share their thoughts or grievances about their, the opinions of the day and affairs yeah, of the day like that, uh, like that so maybe we call it the D-I-B-X maybe D-I-B-X nice so these are the things things so many ways that you can that so the community can support Deaf in Business DIB. You heard it here with Dr. Alan Tay, the founder. And I love your tagline, Alan. It's zeros to heroes. So if you yeah. want to support DIB, which you should, you should. Here's how you reach out, whether it's to plan an event, whether it's a dinner party, whether it's just to frequent the cafe and taste that fantastic coffee that they have. The couple of ways you can do that is Facebook and Instagram. Again, what are the uh, tags or the uh, handles for that? On Facebook is DIB Restaurant Cafe. Insta will be DIB Restaurant. We know so much about this cafe right now, about the, the Deaf in Business Cafe, DIB Cafe. But what we don't know is the type of food that you have there. Tell us about what is served. Okay, so we uh, we sell uh, Western food, chicken chop, Hainanese chicken chop. Mm. We sell Asam Laksa. We sell... Yeah. We sell uh, peri peri, you know. Our famous is the fish and chips, you know. Right. But we do have a menu for local cuisine like nasi goreng. Mm-hmm. In fact, our deaf uh, Mr. Cop, the longest serving deaf, is called the the king of nasi goreng. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get I get thumbs up from the customers. I said, who they asked me who fried this nasi goreng? I said that our Mr. Cop there. So we call him the king of nasi goreng. So many things worth trying. You know what? When you finally do make your way there, when you do go to the DIB Cafe, just order everything. Order one of everything. Go with a big enough group so that you can try the entire menu. Yeah, then yeah. the next time you go there, you'll know what your favourites are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 